You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church. And while you are there, download our free mobile app. It's a great uh, app that's got a digital Bible on there, an awesome online community to connect with, pray with, and we've got all of our teachings on there, so it's a good resource in your pocket. And if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on those notifications. We don't want you to miss anything as we continue through our study. I know I, I laugh. I'm laughing coming in this morning because uh, I was uh, midway uh, through uh, recording. You know, sometimes in the morning, uh, just depending upon how my day is shaping up, I'll try to get here a little bit early. I'll try to record. Well, today is one of those days that's uh, particularly uh, extremely busy, like back to back. And I've got to be not just at one of my offices, at a different office as well. So I said, all right, let me get uh, a head start. So I I post on social media and I say, all right, we're going to be a little bit delayed. And then I'm looking at the time because I get a call that comes in and I say, all right, well, we're not going to be delayed. We're going to be on time. So then I change my post. So then I go live at what what I thought was live at 8 a.m. And uh, I am, you know, just kind of going through, you know, what I want today to what I want to study today. And I get a text over from my sister, Sandy, saying, hey, are we on today? And I'm looking and it's recording and I never took it off of actual record and went live. And then I'm thinking to myself, then that's going to put us really over and oy vey. So all of you out there, pray for me as well. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying over here. I really am. No, I-, I love you guys. And I appreciate the grace that you give me. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's funny how God stretches you. You want everything to be perfect. And it's it's just not going to be. But, you know, sometimes things are imperfectly perfect, right? We can laugh at ourselves, and that's what I think we need to do a lot more, right, is to is to just have a chuckle and realize that, um, you know, things aren't going to go exactly the way that you plan, uh, but uh, be... Be, be cheerful, right? God's got you, all right? So let's let's get in today. We'll do one more piece of housekeeping. I was not able to uh, arrange with uh, Johnny Ova to jump on um, uh, live with me tonight. So send him uh, mean messages and tell him, how dare you not jump on? I'm just kidding. Uh, for those of you who've been following along for some time, you know that he and I were uh, we're on, uh, we, we had a show on radio here on Long Island, but we used to stream it all over the place, uh, sound of heaven radio. And, uh, a lot of it was us kind of picking on one another and having a good time. So I'm excited to study with you in Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to hang a little bit where we kind of left off yesterday as well, uh, because I don't want to gloss over. We love talking about how faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain, right? We just leave it at that. But what we kind of dove in a bit on is the the fact that our our faith is so much so a either something that propels us forward or something that or lack thereof holds us back. And we saw that in what we read yesterday. I, actually, I'm, I'm going to even step 
another step back. And I want to just kind of overview Matthew 17 so far, because we're almost at the end of it, right? And it, a lot goes on. Jesus takes three of his disciples up to the mountaintop, right? They see him in a glorified form. They see him, it says that he transfigured, he transformed, he looked different, he looked bright, and it was amazing. And all of a sudden, you have Moses and Elijah appear, and what do the disciples do? They make a, a big mistake, right? They make, they make a boo-boo, and they say, let's build a tabernacle for all three of you, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Problem with that is, that's putting Jesus on even playing field. And Father God steps in with the with the dad voice and does what only a dad voice can do and say, no, 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 I'm going to correct this right here. This is my son with whom I'm pleased. You listen to him. And what God was doing was properly positioning Jesus where he belongs, and that is above the law and the prophets. Jesus is above our churches, our buildings, our religions, our denominations, our pastors, He's above these things. And when we're not properly aligned, what happens is is that we put things on equal footing with God and we suffer loss in our life. And they come down the, the mountain, and what does Jesus find? Jesus finds the other disciples trying to cast out demons, and they're unable to. A father and his child are there, and they are afflicted. Uh, the child is afflicted with what we know to be as epilepsy, right? So a lot of times in the in the uh, in scripture, sickness and demons are are you know crossed crossed over. Um, what we know is that the child had an infirmity, infirmary, infirmity, infirmity. <laughs> the child had an infirmity, and Jesus could change it like that. They could not. Why? And they asked Jesus why, right? And let's just say, well, I'm just even going to read. Because they, they asked Jesus why. There we go. Right, Jesus comes down. He sees that they could not heal him. And he says, bring the boy here to me. Now, we're in Matthew chapter 17. I'm just going to overview like 14 through 20. And then Jesus rebukes the demon, and it comes out of the boy. So he heals the boy of the infirmity. He was healed at that moment. And then the disciples in verse 19 say, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus says, because you have so little faith. Because you have so little faith. And we looked at this yesterday through the lens of uh, Jesus, who just wanted his disciples to be strengthened, to have faith. And he points out why they don't have faith. He says, because these things only come out through prayer and fasting. So what is he saying? He's saying, you're not praying enough. You're not fasting enough. And there's, you know theological discussions on what type of demons will not come out without fasting. I think we're missing the point if we go there. What does not come out without prayer or fasting? The things that you think that you can do on your own strength. Because ultimately, that's what, that's what a lack of faith is, is you th- either thinking that it's impossible or that you can do it on your own without the power of God, right? And I don't know about you. I've tried to do things on my own, and I have not been overly successful (laughs) with that. So what kind come out without prayer and fasting? The kind that you think that you can take on and you don't need God to help you. And that's what the disciples were going, right? We looked at it through the lens of the disciples who were probably pretty disappointed and frustrated themselves, wondering why. 
but we all want the victory. We all want the power. We all want the authority, but sometimes we don't want to do what it takes to walk in that. We, we want all the power of God that God has for our life. And we go, yes, when we say the new covenant gives us access to the impossible, but then we don't want to lean in. It's like we want to walk and then have God follow us in our walk when it should be vice versa, where we follow God and then the miraculous follows us because we are pursuing the true God. Remember, the miracle isn't God. God is God. And when you trust in God, the miracles happen, right? The world wants you to see and then believe. We believe and then we see. Amen? So he tells them that faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain. He says it doesn't really take much. Faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain. And Jesus picks something that, to our human mind, it seems so preposterous, right, to move a mountain. And this kind of language has kind of gone on for gone on for a long time. In the Old Testament, even in Isaiah, it talks about mountains being shaken, the hills being removed. And really, it was a sign of what humans can't fathom being possible except for by God. But here Jesus is telling them that if you have this tiny bit of faith, you can tell this mountain to move and be there. He's stretching them to realize that when we focus on God, the impossible happens. Not like they hadn't seen this before, right? Peter focuses on Jesus, steps out, walks on the water, right? Still, but they keep coming. I just think about the Israelites, keep coming around the mountain. And as soon as they hit that disbelief, it just causes delay in their life. And the impossible is going to stretch us. But God wants us to look at the mountains in our life, and realize that it may take everything that we have that we can't move it. And sometimes God wants to remove the mountains from your life. Sometimes God wants you to conquer those mountains. I said this this past Sunday. Because when you conquer that mountain, and when I say you, I mean you with God strengthening you. When you do that, when God does that through you, it paves the way for others. So Jesus stretches them with the impossible. And the impossible should stretch us. He says, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So then why don't you get everything that you want? Why can't I just say, open sesame, (laughs) you know, abracadabra, because God's not a magic trick. Okay, and faith is not just us speaking and forcing God's hand, so to speak, like moving and then expecting him to fill in the gaps behind us. A big part of faith is what? Go back to the prayer and fasting part. It's getting with God and asking him, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Because God has always promised from the Old Testament into the New Call to me and I'll answer you and I'll give you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, what? Let them ask. And I give faithfully without rebuke. 
That's from the book of James. You know what James also says? You do not have because you do not ask. Sometimes, whether you believe, when I say you, understand, when I say you, I'm also saying me. I never want to, like, be on this microphone and be like, you, because let me tell you something. <laughs> if you hang around Sound of Heaven long enough, you know, I, my, and I said this to my brother Elmer, who's on the stream right now, too. I don't mind if people look at me and say, if this guy can do it, anybody can do it. I really believe that. Right? I have no business doing some of the things that God allows me to do if you base who things on, on the one, my own strength, and then two, you know, things that have been in my past. So anytime I say you, I'm saying us. I'm saying humanity, saying Christianity. But, G, but James says you do not have because you do not ask, right? Sometimes we go ahead and we say without even saying it, God, I got this. I don't need your help. Right? I'm not going to ask you for your wisdom. I'm not going to ask you for your assistance. I got this. And then what happens? We fall on our butt. But James also says, you do not have because you ask for the wrong reasons. How many times have we gone to God and the motive in which we want something is not because it's what he wants, it's what we want. And sometimes, and I believe that's God's grace not to answer those prayers. How many of you have prayed for something and then it didn't come through and a little bit later with a little bit more experience, a little bit more wisdom, you say, thank you, God, that you didn't answer that prayer. I know I've been there a hundred times over. So Jesus stretches them, and I hope it stretches you, that just faith the size of a mustard seed and you could, what, do the impossible. Don't go throwing mountains at people today, all right? Use, use it for God's, God's glory, okay? And it should stretch us, but it shouldn't stretch us to unbelief. And here's where I want to kind of end this today, because you go through Jesus now. He's shown his glory. He's shown the miraculous. He's shown them that they can do the things that he does if they just have faith, if they just do the things that he does, if they just put their trust in him. But then Jesus, in this next part, now begins also talking about his death and resurrection. And it's all fun and games. We all love hearing what we can do, but we never love hearing about what? The denying of self. We never love hearing about uh, the, the tough things that we're going to have to t deal with. Because right after this, in verse 22, this is Matthew 17, 22, just a few more minutes here. It says, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. They were filled with grief. Now, what did Jesus just say? Right? He says, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And then after that, the disciples heard, wah, 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 wah. Well, I got what you can tell what I'm, I'm talking about. The teacher from Charlie Brown. They didn't hear the next part. They heard they're going to arrest him. They're going to kill him. They heard, I'm going to lose. We're going to lose you, Jesus. But Jesus almost never talked about his death without talking about the resurrection, without talking about the victory. 
And this is something that we have to catch ourselves when we make the same mistake. When we put more focus, right, when we get stretched, because what? They, they believe that he could be delivered into the hands of men. That's easy to believe. They were trying to do that every single day. They believed that they could kill him, right? They were crucifying people every day. They were stoning people all the time. Very believable. You know what was hard to believe? Being raised from the dead. And the second that Jesus presents the impossible, they shut down. Like listening to the teacher and Charlie Brown. They didn't hear that part. So they're fully, they're just grieved. They were putting more trust in the death than they were in the resurrection. They were putting more focus on the loss than the victory. And a lot of times when we look at the mountains in our life and we realize what it's going to take to conquer those mountains, to move those mountains, to have the type of faith that we need to command those mountains, we just focus on the pain We focus on the struggle, we focus on the tribulation, and we fail to acknowledge and embrace the victory. You know who makes it through? The athletes of the world, the people of the world that get to the other side, and and that's, that's, that's little stuff compared to kingdom stuff. We hold it in high regard. But the people that achieve anything, what do they do? They focus on the prize. They focus on the goal. They focus on the victory that all of the pain and the suffering and the trials and the tribulation and the pushing and the, and the tough stuff lead you to. And it's just like Peter getting out of that boat and walking. He focused on the waves and he f- dropped. He focused on Jesus and he walked on the water. I hope this makes sense because every one of us has different mountains in our life. And we can believe Jesus when he says, that nothing shall be impossible for you. And we can hold on to that when the impossible stretches us to the point where we are at that crossroads where we can either not, we can believe or not believe. If you choose to believe, nothing will be impossible for you. If you choose to fear the tribulation, then you will sink with it. So, Your faith begins actually at the point of believing that the impossible is possible, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, right? If you can see it, feel it, touch it, taste it, it's not faith anymore. You know it. Or sometimes it's deceiving. Our senses can absolutely be false to us. That's why God says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and what? He will make your paths straight. Are you focusing on the mountain or are you focusing on the victory? Are you focusing on the struggle or are you focusing on the glory that is on the other side? Because if they were really listening to Jesus when he was talking with them, they would have, yes, they would have heard that they, he was going to be arrested. Yes, he, they would have heard that he was going to be killed. But they would have rejoiced in believing him that the resurrection was right after that. That on the other side of the struggle was the victory. And that's what I want to tell you this morning. 
If you want to stop and stay in the struggle or avoid the struggle or avoid the things confronting the mountains in your life, you're always going to be there hemming and hawing around that mountain. But if you focus on the victory that's on the other side, think about the thing that you are dealing with right now that is the mountain in your life, the mountains in your life. I want you to just, even if you close your eyes right now, and just imagine, just imagine that you just snapped your fingers and it was, boom, gone. Now, we know it's not that easy sometimes. Sometimes it is. Sometimes that'll happen. But then a lot of times when it's that easy, we don't get strengthened through it, right? Some, right? The it, Scripture says, the trying of your faith produces patience. We don't like that word. But when we let patience have its perfect work, what? We become mature. We become strong. We lack nothing. Doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, but you will never lack the strength to push through. Sometimes you need the resistance so that you can know how strong that you can be. And that's my prayer for you as we wrap up now, is that you would embrace the victory, not the struggle. That you will recognize the struggle as part of the process. So I guess you could say you could embrace that. The whatever it takes, Lord. Whatever it takes for me to get on the other side of that mountain. I know there's going to be parts that you move, but help me move, Father. Help me push through. Because God will not take you up a mountain for you to be stranded there. And if you get to a point where you're at a cliff and you feel like you have nowhere to go, God's going to do one of two things. He's going to let you fly. He's going to catch you when you fall. God's got you. You have to know that going into your day today. Because when you know that, you approach your day completely differently. God's got you. Whatever struggle you're facing today, God's got you through it. It's the victory that we hold to, not the struggle. The struggles may come. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But what? Be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. Embrace the victory that is Jesus overcoming the world on your behalf. That thing that you're struggling with, Jesus already defeated it at the cross. Amen? I love you guys. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I hope that our study today blessed my brothers and sisters out there. Father, help us to not just rely on our own strength that'll fail but rely on the victory that's already established. We're not waiting for victory. The victory is already there. The mountain may exist, but the ability to move it, the ability to command it, the ability to conquer it is very, very real. And you've made that way. We trust in you with all our heart. Say that to him. Say, God, I trust in you with all my heart. God, I will not lean on my own understanding today. I will rely on your promise. I acknowledge you in my life, and therefore, my path to victory is straight, and it goes through you, Jesus. In your mighty name, I pray. Pastor J.D. Ambrosio here, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. Will you come down and visit us already, or at least jump on our live stream, soh.church. You're listening to the 1% Christian the Daily Bible Study, where we get together for 1% of our day. 
we head out and do something amazing for Christ's sake with the remaining 99. I love you guys. Have an awesome day. I'll see you tomorrow.